Shalom, and thank you for listening at BethEmmanuel.org. We rely on the generosity of our listeners to sustain this ministry and the message of Messianic Judaism for all nations. Please consider making a donation to Beth Emanuel by clicking on the Donate tab at BethEmmanuel.org. The sukkah is sort of a holy place. This doesn't mean that one should conduct himself or herself in a state of stiff reverence whenever in the sukkah. Not at all. It's also your home. During the festival of Sukkot, your regular home is not your home, and your temporary home is your home. So you're not expected to treat the sukkah as if you were in the Beit HaMikdash, the holy temple. Nonetheless, there is a little sanctuary aspect to the sukkah that should be respected and even taken advantage of. The sukkah is a good place to pray, to study, to hear the voice of God, to meditate on Torah, on Messiah, and to spiritually enter the kingdom. I believe that the small space inside your sukkah exists both here and now and also in the kingdom. So when you enter the sukkah during the days of Sukkot, you are entering the messianic era, so to speak. The sukkah is a little place of peace, a slice of heaven. That is why the Ushbizin, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Aaron, and David, are present in the sukkah, because they will be present in the kingdom, and the space within the sukkah is both here and there, now and then. The kingdom of heaven is not only at hand, it's right here in the sukkah. So, one should take advantage of the opportunity to bask in that taste of the age to come, a little sanctuary in space and time. If Sukkot and the space inside your sukkah is part of the kingdom, it is inappropriate to mourn or be sorrowful during the Feast of Sukkot. Just as the priests were not allowed to mourn in the temple, so too during the Feast of Sukkot there is no mourning, and especially not in the sukkah. Because in this time and space of the festival, we are in the time and space when our tears will be wiped away by the consolation of Hashem. In that day, joy is the only appropriate expression. So the sukkah should be a place of joy and happiness and rejoicing. Sukkot has many names, each name reflecting a different aspect of the festival. One of the more obscure names for the festival is Chag HaAsif, the festival of ingathering. It says in the Torah, you shall observe the Chag HaAsif, the festival of ingathering, at the end of the year when you gather in the fruit of your labors from the field, Exodus 23.16. In other words, Sukkot is a harvest festival. It's like the American holiday of Thanksgiving. In fact, those pious pilgrims who celebrated the first Thanksgiving did so in imitation of the festival of Sukkot. You could say that the holiday of Thanksgiving is the American Sukkot, and Sukkot is the Jewish Thanksgiving. The festival is also called the season of our joy. The festival days are all joyful occasions, of course, but the Feast of Sukkot is especially so. It's called the season of our rejoicing in accordance with the verse that states, You shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days, Leviticus 23.40. In fact, it's a straight-up mitzvah to rejoice and to be only joyful during the festival of Sukkot. Deuteronomy 16, 
14 to 15 says, You shall rejoice in your feast, you, your son, your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, the Levite, the sojourner, the fatherless, the widow, who are within your town. Seven days you shall celebrate a feast to the Lord your God in the place which the Lord chooses, because the Lord your God will bless you in all your produce and in all the work of your hands, so that you will be altogether joyful, only joyful. Mourning rites, lamentation, and all unhappiness are illegal, so to speak, during Sukkot. The sages used to say, He who has not seen the rejoicing during the festival of the water pouring in the temple has never seen true joy in all his life. It was off-the-hook joy. But this mitzvah to be joyful and rejoice during the festival inspires a question. Is it not a mitzvah to always serve Hashem with joy? Our apostles say, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. In the Torah, we learn that Hashem visits the curses of exile and all the imprecations upon Israel, not so much as a punishment for disobedience as it is for having a bad attitude. Israel is chastised for not serving the Father in gladness and joy. Deuteronomy 28, 47-48 says, Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joyfulness, and gladness of heart because of the abundance of all things. Therefore, you shall serve your enemies whom the Lord will send against you in hunger and thirst, in nakedness and lacking everything, and he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. This passage reminds me of something my father used to say. When one of us kids were fussing, whining, and complaining, he would warn us, I'll give you something to cry about. It's as if Hashem says to Israel, Oh, what, you're unhappy for no good reason? You want to be unhappy and feel sorry for yourself? I'll give you something to be unhappy about. Back to our question. If it's a mitzvah to always serve Hashem with joy, what's the significance of rejoicing during Sukkot? The Lubavitcher Rebbe was asked a similar question in regard to the American holiday of Thanksgiving. He advocated celebrating Thanksgiving. He encouraged his American Hasidim to do so as well. But some people objected. They said, We Jews are grateful every day. We give thanks to God three times a day in the daily prayers and throughout the day with 100 blessings of Thanksgiving every day. Of what use is a special holiday of Thanksgiving? The Lubavitcher Rebbe replied, Even though one gives thanks every day, it's still appropriate to set aside a specific day to focus on gratitude. He believed that thanksgiving served to point people to Hashem, and as such, it was a great institution. He endorsed anything that steered the nation away from secularism. He was all for prayer in schools because it brought God into the public consciousness. He encouraged his shlichim to lead public prayer at public functions whenever possible, and he encouraged them to celebrate thanksgiving as a national day of giving thanks to God. Even though we confess our sins every day and ask God for forgiveness every day, we still have Yom Kippur once a year. So why not a day dedicated to gratitude? That was his argument. The same argument applies to the concept of rejoicing during Sukkot. Even though we are supposed to be joyful continually, rejoicing always in the Lord every day, It's appropriate to have a time set aside to focus on the mitzvah of joy. It's appropriate to have these days dedicated to joy. Joy is a powerful secret. 
When there is no joy, a man or a woman has little strength and little perseverance. The hands hang limp. Everything feels odious. It's difficult to get out of bed. Despondency, depression, darkness, bitterness, resentment. These are the opposite of joy. They suck the life out of a person. Negative emotions are like leeches, never satisfied. Give, give. Joy is a spirit of perpetual optimism. It's not happiness I'm talking about. Happiness is circumstantial. Happiness depends on external things. It depends on things going right and going our way. Happiness is fragile, temporary, and ultimately empty. It depends on the outside. I'm not talking about the outside. I'm not talking about being happy. I'm talking about real spiritual joy, the positive faith-filled confidence and contentment of emunah and the imperturbable peace that passes understanding. That kind of joy does not depend on the outside. It comes from the inside. It comes from inside you. You have within you a vast, untapped spiritual potential. Beneath the surface of your mind, your thoughts, and your emotions is the real you, the spiritual person. That inner person, regenerated in the Messiah, is a vast ocean of peace and joy. On the outside is the world of limitation, but on the inside, within your spirit, there are no limits. As our Master said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Rivers of living water shall flow from within him. In the words of Doctor Who, it's bigger on the inside. You are bigger on the inside. On the outside, you are just this body with all of its troubles. But on the inside, you are peace. You are joy. You are life. You can feel it. A spiritual energy of your true being just beneath your skin. The inner joy is similar to what the Buddhists call chi, the spiritual light and energy within a person. It is the lamp of the Lord, the candle of Hashem, the spark of the divine, the undying soul within, and the Messiah kindles that spark into light and warmth. True light, Avram Polyak once said, not only illuminates, it also warms. There is an inner warmth within you, which is the spirit of Messiah in your spirit. If you are quiet and intentionally silence the chatter of your mind, you can feel it always present, unmoved by circumstance, an unfading light that burns steadily within. This is the joy of our Master and the joy of the Kingdom, and it is the source for the joy of Sukkot. I came across a teaching that correlated the three pilgrimage festivals, Pesach, Shavuot, and Sukkot, with the three temples. It was based on the Torah's requirement that all adult males living in Israel make pilgrimage to the temple three times a year to attend these festivals at the place the Lord your God chooses to put his name. This teaching said that the three pilgrimage festivals symbolized the three temples. Pesach corresponded to the first temple, which Solomon built and the Babylonians destroyed. Shavuot symbolized the second temple which was restored in the generation of Ezra and Nehemiah and then destroyed by the Romans during the Apostolic Era. 
Sukkot then symbolizes the future temple, which is also called the third temple, the one destined to be built by Messiah. Sukkot draws its spiritual quality from that future temple of Messiah and from that future era when all Israel and all the world will serve God with joy and celebration. In the Messianic era, joy will be manifest and realized on the earth. This is what our master alludes to when he says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of your master. The joy, contentment, and peace which we feel while sitting in the sukkah is drawn from the joy, contentment, and peace we will feel in the Messianic era. The apostles say, Count it all joy when you face various trials and sorrows. How are we supposed to count our trials and sorrows as joy? Through thanksgiving. True joy, spiritual joy, comes out of gratitude. It's a symptom of a grateful heart. And Sukkot is a festival of thanksgiving. Every moment, both the good and the bad, is a gift from God for which we can feel grateful. And from gratitude comes joy. We are spiritual beings tapped into the source of boundless joy. To experience that joy, however, we have to let go of the past and our anxieties about the future, let go of all the external things, and look inside ourselves to our spiritual union with God. That's when we find that boundless joy and when it's bigger on the inside. Gratitude is the key to unlocking it. Notice that in our prayers, we give thanks to God before we ask for peace. That's because there's a direct causal relationship between thanksgiving and peace. Who is at peace? One who is grateful. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Ephesians 5.20 We are able to rejoice always because we give thanks always. And we are able to rejoice on Sukkot all the more because Sukkot is all about giving thanks. The apostles say that we have learned the secret of being content with much or with little. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4, 11-13 There is no better place to feel that contentment, gratitude, and joy than under the sukkah of peace. We pray, spread over us the sukkah of your peace. Sukkot forces us outside of our routine, like the Shabbat. It forces us to stop what we're doing and notice the present moment. The commandment is to sit in the sukkah in the, presence of the, in the presence of the Almighty. Be still and know that I am God. We ask God to spread his sukkah of peace over us. I've already told you about my theory that during the festival of Sukkot, a sukkah exists both here and in the Holy Land, both now and in the Messianic era. Within your sukkah, spiritually speaking, you are in the Holy Land. And when sitting in your sukkah, spiritually speaking, you are sitting in the kingdom. In the late afternoon of Shemini Atzeret, it's customary to eat something or even to drink something in the sukkah as a farewell to the sukkah. Some people make a big party out of it, 
some people just make one last l'chaim. Then this prayer is recited. May it be your will, Lord our God and God of our fathers, that just as we have fulfilled the mitzvah of dwelling in this sukkah, so may we merit in this coming year to dwell in the sukkah made from the skin of Leviathan. What is the sukkah made from the skin of Leviathan? It's the sukkah of Messiah in the Messianic era. Jewish legend explains that when the Messiah comes, he will slay the, he will slay the Leviathan. Its resplendent shining skin will be stretched over the walls of Jerusalem and its shining scales will glisten like polished mirrors reflecting light. Legend says there will be a sukkah made from the skin of Leviathan too. Or perhaps Messianic Jerusalem is that sukkah. Inside the sukkah will be a banquet at which the righteous will recline. They will be served the meat of the Leviathan, the giant ox, and Leviathan. This is the legend of the Messianic banquet in the Sukkah of Messiah. The Lubavitcher Rebbe correlates this legend with a halakhic discussion in the Talmud, Tractate Sukkot, about whether or not you need to be in your own Sukkah to properly fulfill the mitzvah. In the Talmud, the sages argue about whether or not every Jew is required to build his own sukkah or if it's sufficient to just sit in someone else's sukkah. The ruling is that you don't need to use your own, you, you can fulfill the obligation in someone else's sukkah. Even if there was only one sukkah, the Talmud says, all Jews are fit to dwell in a single sukkah. The Rebbe correlated this idea of all Jews sitting in a single sukkah with the idea of, of the sukkah of Leviathan. He used the correlation to make an important connection between Sukkot and the Messianic era. He said, For at that time we will fulfill the mitzvah in the sukkah made from the skin of the giant fish, the Leviathan, then the oneness of the Jewish people, a concept which is true at all times, will be openly revealed and we will see how all Jews are fit to dwell in a single sukkah. If you can envision all Israel reclining at the table inside the sukkah made from the skin of Leviathan, you should be asking, how is that possible? How will everyone fit? The answer is obvious to every Doctor Who fan. It's bigger on the inside. Just like you, the sukkah of the Messianic era is bigger on the inside. Today, we invite Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Aaron, and David to join us in our Sukkot as the exalted guests. In the Sukkah made from the skin of Leviathan, we will be the guests at their table. Our Master Yeshua refers to it as the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The righteous of the nation of Israel, the sons and daughters of the kingdom, will recline at their table. And it's not just Jewish people at the table. He says that many from the nations will come from the north, the south, the east, and the west and be seated to recline at the table of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob along with the Jewish people. The Ushbizin are no longer Ushbizin at our table. In the kingdom, we will be the Ushbizin at their table. Then the unity that we all share in Messiah, a concept that is true at all times, will be openly revealed. Until then, we rejoice in the joy of the festival and we eagerly look forward to the day when our master says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter now into the joy of your master. Enter into the sukkah of your master. It's bigger on the inside. Take on my yoke. 
Oh.